I feel revival in the air. And I believe God has brought us to the kingdom for such a time as this. Amen. Praise God. If you got your Bibles, open them to Romans, the 8th chapters. And if I could get my young people to come sit on the front row, please, that would be wonderful. Just ice skate your way on down here to the front. Amen. And just remain standing and open your Bible to Romans, the 8th chapter. Praise God. Well, what a perfect winter experience. Amen. I, this is my favorite kind is to walk out and uh, the roof have white snow on it and the yard have white snow and the trees have white snow and the driveway still be blacktop and clear. <laughs> Amen. That's, that's, my, that's my, my little kid winter dream grown up now. So, Amen. I used to be quite the prayer warrior when I was a little kid that God would somehow send an ice storm and or there'd be no school. Amen. When I was a little boy back in the 80s, it was probably the worst ice storm, snowstorm, probably ever, maybe. I don't know. But guess what? I don't know if it was all me, but I was praying for that to happen. <laughs> Amen. Ain't God good to us? Amen. Romans, the 8th chapter and the 5th verse. The Bible says, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity or it's an enemy against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, everybody say if so. If so, be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Amen. There's a difference between getting a little touch of God on Sunday night. And then letting God dwell in you. Amen. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ. He is none of his. Amen. I want to preach from this title for just a little while. The battle for the mind. Amen. Set your Bibles down. Lift your hands to the Lord. And I need some prayer warriors to help me this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Come on, just cry unto the Lord this morning with all your heart. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, God. Come on, why don't we let the Spirit just flow for a little while right now. Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, if it's appropriate, join up with somebody next to you. Let's pray. God, we need your help in this house today. God, open up our understanding. Open up our minds today. Let us hear your word. Let us understand your word. Let us grow in your word today, God. Oh, we love you. We love you. We love you, God. We love your word. We want to grow. We want to be saved, God. <laughs> Oh, let it be a lamp unto our feet today, Lord. A light unto our path. Oh, that we would walk the right way. Why don't everybody put your hands together for Jesus? Come on, has he been good to you? Has he been faithful to you? Oh, we love you. We thank you, Lord. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. Everybody say the battle. They say, for the mind. And the eighth verse of what I just read says, They that are in the flesh cannot please God. Amen. Praise God. That, that's, that's enough preaching right there. That ought to make you want to not be in the flesh. 
Well, hallelujah. This word please, it, it means uh, not only what you think it means, it does mean please, what we would say in English, but it also means acceptable. Amen. Praise God. They that are in the flesh are not acceptable unto God. Amen. Being in the flesh is unacceptable to God. Amen. Praise God. I, I, I want to be acceptable in his sight. I want my life to be acceptable in his sight. I want my life, I want everything that I touch, everything that I say, every step I take, everything I do, I want to please God. Amen. Does God got any disciples in the house this morning? Amen. Is your desire, Lord, I want to please you. Amen. Let me just go ahead and, and just tell you how, how the Lord's been dealing with me. Amen. There, there won't be anybody make heaven that is unacceptable in God's sight. Well, praise God. There won't be anybody walk through the gate of heaven that is not pleasing to God. Amen. How many people do you invite to your house that you don't like? Praise God. Probably not very many unless the pastor starts preaching. You need to pray for them that despitefully use you. Bake them a cake. You ever heard that? Make them a roast. Invite them up. But let me tell you, heaven ain't going to be like that. There won't be a bunch of people walking up and down the street of gold that were displeasing to Jesus Christ. But let me tell you who is going to walk down the street of gold. Uh, the one that walked through the door every time church was open and said, Lord, teach me your ways. Lord, teach me what you want. I want to please you. Everybody say, I want to please you, Lord. Amen. That ought to be our goal, to become acceptable and pleasing all day, every day. Amen. Not just Sundays. Amen. We don't need a Sunday type religion where we're a different animal come Sunday and a different one come Monday. Or a different one on the ride to church. And a different one on the way home from church. We ought to learn how to be balanced and consistent and temperate in all things. The fruits of the Spirit ought to be in you on Sunday and Monday. And Tuesday and Wednesday. You'll be known by your fruits. Uh, amen. You want to be a soul winner? Just let your fruit shine. You want to learn how to... Let me tell you, nobody wants to go to church with a grouch. Nobody wants to go to church with mean people. Praise God. Nobody wants to go to church. Well, praise God. Maybe they do. I started to say with the one that's at the honky-tonk with them on Saturday, inviting them to church on Sunday. There may be some people like that kind of church. But I'd just soon go fishing if I ain't going to do it right. I'd just soon go deer hunting if I ain't going to live for God right. Uh, hey, I signed up to go all the way. Uh, and if it means I got to change this, uh, I'm going to change this. If I got to change my attitude, I'm going to change my attitude. If I got to change my wardrobe, bless God, I'll change my wardrobe. Somebody said, God don't care how you dress. I tell you, you don't get past the first couple pages of Genesis before God's dressing people. Well, praise God, I want to please him. I got to get started. The ninth verse says, Ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if the spirit of God dwell in you. That means it lives in you. It is housed in you. Amen. I, I, I've preached it before. There, there's always 
going to be a mixed multitude in the church. When, when they came out of Egypt, there was a mixed multitude with them. Amen. Why were they there? They were there for many different reasons. But you, you, you can't, your focus can't be on the mixed multitude. Your focus cannot be on people not doing right like you think they ought to. You need to get your eyes on the tabernacle. You need to get your eyes on the pillar of fire by night. Get your eyes on the pillar of the cloud by day and say, I am following God. Amen. The Bible says if you have not the spirit of Christ, you don't belong to him or you're not his. Amen. So to not have the spirit of God in you is unacceptable. It is displeasing to God. Without the Spirit of God dwelling in you, that is unacceptable in this Bible. Praise the Lord. I come against false doctrine today. I come against easy believism today. I'm here to preach the whole counsel of God. Amen. Praise God. You've got to get the Holy Ghost or you don't belong to him. You've got to speak in tongues or you don't belong to him. Come on, we got any spiritually minded in the house today? Come on, don't, don't drift away into carnality right now. Don't drift, let your thoughts get drifted right now, huh? Amen. You need to focus in on what the Word of God is going to tell you today. Uh, we've got to get the Holy Ghost, uh, and we've got to keep the Holy Ghost. Amen. So let's study this a little bit in Romans. In Romans, the first chapter and the seventh verse, the Bible says, To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. Man, I, just a little reminder that the original Bible was not punctuated. And that didn't happen until hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years later. And a lot of punctuation adds a lot of meaning. But a lot of punctuation can change meaning also. So if you just read the Bible, what it was saying, it said, To all that are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. Amen. So the book of Romans was written to the church in Rome. It was written to the saints of the church in Rome. Let this settle in. The book of Romans was written to the saints of the church in Rome. Do we know the context of the book of Romans now? Written by Paul to the saints of the church in Rome. What is the church? The book of Acts tells us how the church was added daily. How did you add to the church? Uh, you repent of your sins. You get baptized in Jesus' name. Uh, you keep praying until the Holy Ghost comes. Uh, how do you know the Holy Ghost comes? Uh, for they heard them speak with other tongues. Uh, when you get the Holy Ghost, you're going to speak in tongues. I'd be rich if I had a nickel for every time somebody told me they had the Holy Ghost, but also told me they don't speak in tongues yet. Amen. Let me tell you what Jesus said. Except a man is born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Uh, that which is born of flesh is flesh. Uh, that which is born of spirit is spirit. Uh, the wind listeth or it blows where it wants to. Uh, and you hear the sound of it. But you don't know where it's coming from. You don't know where it's going to. So is everyone that is born of the spirit. Uh, he said there would be a sound. Uh, this word is phone, where we, we get the word phonics from. It is a language. When someone is born of the Spirit, they're going to speak another language. You can't say I accept Christ as my personal Savior. I now got the Spirit. You got the Spirit. Praise God. Take care of the Spirit. You didn't get the Spirit. You got religion is what you got. You got a bunch of garbage is what you got. 
You got something with no power. You got a sacrament from a false doctrine is what you got. Well, you can be seated. Praise God. Praise God. I want to talk about for a minute because this drives me insane. The 10th chapter of the book of Romans. Amen. It contains this wonderful verse. All verses are beautiful. I love the Bible. And it's got this verse that says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And people take this verse and they pull it out of the Bible and they ignore the rest of that chapter. They ignore the rest of Romans. They ignore the rest of the Bible. And they began to preach it and teach it out of context. You know what context is? Let me just tell you what context is. It's the who, what, when, where, and why. That's how I would describe it. The who, what, when, where, why, and how, and tell me all about it. And if you don't know context... You don't know what something's saying. Amen. I'll just praise God. If you've got a text with no context, you've got pretext is what you've got. If you've got words, but you don't know who, what, when, where, and how, and why, all you've got is pretext. You've got fake news is what you got. You've got a narrative that you can't explain. This would be like you walking through the Walmart parking lot and you're just picking up a little note and it doesn't say who it's to or who it's from or what date and it just says, hey, stop by the house. You got an Amazon package before you go to work. Make sure you pick it up. Can you imagine you thinking, oh, I've got a package somewhere. You ain't got a package. That wasn't written for you. That ain't your package. There's no, con- it may be your package, but there's no context. Now, if I'm walking through Walmart and there was a note there that said, Joel Motes, please call me, 501, blah, blah, blah. I got to tell you something about something. And I know I've got context to the words, and I know this is for me. Praise God. Well, I'm going to preach. Praise God. So why would somebody take Romans 10 and 9 and pull it out of the scripture, pull it out of context, and use it for a salvation scripture? Well, I was praying that yesterday, and I was saying, God, for what purpose would people do that? And I felt the Lord speak to my spirit. Because they want to take the cross out of salvation. It's like the Lord began to deal with me. They know where Acts 2.38 is. They're not ignorant of the Bible. But it sure is a lot easier to get people to repeat a sinner's prayer than it is to get them to repent of their sins. When you start telling people you got to get the Hollywood out of your life if you want God to come in. You got to get out of the nasty chat rooms on the internet if you want to experience the Holy Ghost. Hey, it's getting a little harder now. You got to take your gym beam and throw it in the trash can if you want to get drunk on the Holy Ghost. You can't take the cross out of salvation. He said, take up your cross and follow me. God is love. God is bread. God is grape juice. Yeah, he is. And God is serious too. And God hates sin. 
Matter of fact, light and dark don't even have any fellowship. You know what that means? They ain't going to hang out in the same temple. You get the Holy Ghost and you start bringing adultery into your life. You can be seated. You ain't got to clap. You start bringing fornication into your thoughts and you got the Holy Ghost. Guess what's going to happen? The Holy Ghost is going to walk out. happened. Uh, the apostle Paul said, I pray uh, that after preaching the gospel, I don't become a castaway. The preacher was saying, Lord, don't ever let me mess up because I know what will happen to me. If it would happen to apostle Paul, guess what it would do to you? It'll happen to you. You can come and speak in tongues on Sunday. But you go to messing around with perversion Sunday night. Uh, the Holy Ghost is going, it's like a dove. It's shy. It's bashful. It ain't going to hang around filthiness. The devil don't want me preaching this, uh, but I'm going to preach it. I pray to God, God don't come back on a Thursday. I pray the rapture don't happen on Friday uh, or Saturday I'm talking, I'm the watchman on the wall. And I'm praying, God, please come back on a Sunday about 12, 15. After I've been hammering the doctrine and the people been changing their hearts uh, and making commitments, uh, Lord, uh, I think I will come out from among them. It's a little harder message to preach. You got you to gotta love your neighbor. You can't slap your wife. You can't pop your husband in the head. And you got to be a real wife. You can be seated. When you start preaching truth, it gets a little harder to get people to sign up. But God's going to have a church. I said he's going to have a church. Uh, I still believe there's going to be some young people that get a hold of truth. Uh, I believe we're going to have a generation come up uh, that are going to be prayer warriors. Uh, Hey, don't focus on one that's going through a rebellious state. Look at all the ones that are doing right. Uh, Look... And I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. So the book of Romans is written, everybody say, to the church. It's written to the church in Rome. Now let's take it a step further. The 10th chapter is Paul writing to the saints of Rome and he's writing about Israel or the Jewish people. Everybody say he's writing about Israel. Okay, I'll make sure you, I'm going to document everything I say today because I'm getting some of them looks. <laughs> Acts the 10th chapter, not Acts, Romans. I'm just an Acts guy. Sorry, I love the book of Acts. Romans the 10th chapter. It begins like this. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is this that they might be saved. For I bear them record. I mean, I'll tell you the truth. They got a zeal for God. But it's just not according unto knowledge. Praise God. The 10th chapter of Romans is Paul talking to his brothers in Christ in Rome and he's talking about his family back in Israel and he's saying, man, I wish they'd get it. My desire is for them to be speaking in tongues, shouting around the altars, 
And he goes on to talk about Moses and the difference between righteousness by the law, which the Jewish people were hung up on, and righteousness by faith. And then concerning the people, the Jews who had just rejected Jesus, he was saying, if they would just confess the Lord Jesus. A lot of them nowadays have got this sinner's prayer that says, I accept Jesus. This is not what he wanted them to confess. He wanted them to confess the Lord Jesus. He wanted them to confess that Jesus was Lord. This word Lord comes from a Greek word kurios, which means the supreme authority or master or God. Paul was preaching what I preach. He was saying, if you could just see that Jesus is not the vice president of the Trinity. If Israel could just see that Jesus was not a carpenter's boy, but that he is curious, he's the almighty. If they would just confess that they were wrong and that Jesus is Lord. Let me tell you, if, if you can get somebody to see Jesus, and who he really is, uh, they're about that far away from salvation. He said if they would just confess that Jesus is God and not just open their mouth and say it, but they would believe it with all their heart. Every Believe what? Believe on him. Believe his teachings. What does the Bible, let me, just, let me just tell you what the Bible is explaining. He said, for with the mouth and the heart, it's either going to lead you to salvation or it'll lead you away. What was Paul trying to say about Israel? If I can get them to start saying the right thing. Let me tell you, you start hanging around this church for very long and, you, and your, your eyes are open that Jesus is God and you start believing the teachings of Jesus now not as a carpenter but as God manifests in the flesh. It ain't going to be very long until you're about to get the Holy Ghost. Amen. Brother Aaron was teaching Brother Zachary a Bible study. I thought if he gets this in his head, he'll get the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Amen. Some of you are hesitant about Bible studies. You think they're too slow and too methodical and, 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 you, and you ain't got time for them. Let me tell you something. This is how you win people. Paul is saying, this is what I preach. The word is nigh that if I could just get their mouth to open and say, Jesus is Lord. <laughs> and if I can get their heart to start believing in the teachings of Jesus. What is the teaching of Jesus Christ? Except you're born of the water and the spirit, you ain't going nowhere. Problem is, the thing I preached about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, the truth hurts. The truth hurts bad. Praise God. Amen. When you begin to teach somebody and they see in the Word of God that they've been told something wrong all their life, that's hurtful. 
The Bible said they were pricked in their heart. What does the truth do? It begins to turn your apple cart upside down. Everything Grandpa said upside down. Maybe everything Grandpa's doing right now upside down. And the truth begins to play out in your mind. Well, if that's truth, my dad ain't going to be saved. If that's truth, then mama's not going to make it. So instead of people embracing truth, embracing the hurt, they begin to back up from it. And open their ears up to other voices. God, give us sound doctrine. The Bible said there would come a time where they couldn't take preaching like this. They, they don't want doctrine or teachings preached to them. Because when you learn something, you either got to do it or not. When you learn repentance is biblical, you're either going to do it or you're going to rebel. When you learn, you don't get baptized in titles, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, but you get baptized in Jesus' name. When you learn that, you either got to become obedient or you got to rebel against it. When you learn, you got to get the Holy Ghost or you're not His. You either got to get the Holy Ghost or you got to rebel against it. That's why people don't like truth. That's why people love Joel Osteen. He tells them what their flesh wants to hear. You're blessed, you're rich, you're healed, you're famous. Instead of you're a cheater, you're... I just, I just wish he'd let me preach one, one service. I would pay. He wouldn't have to pay me. I would pay. Praise God. I'd give him a four-wheeler if he'd let me do it. I'd give him a free haircut certificate at Jeremy's place. Praise God. If he'd just let me preach one time. God, help us. Help us. The book of Romans emphatically teaches Repentance, being buried with Christ by baptism, and without the Spirit, you're not His. The book of Romans is as much Acts 2.38 as Acts 2.38 is. Amen. You've got to believe. You've got to confess. You've got to admit you were wrong. You've got to repent. You've got to get baptized in Jesus' name. You've got to speak in tongues when the Holy Ghost comes. Amen. The book of Romans emphatically says you've got to be born again. Praise God. Help me. God, help the church to understand. There's no such thing as a Baptist scripture or a Pentecostal scripture or a Methodist scripture. They're all God scriptures. So I want to preach now that I've built a 40 minute foundation. That to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. Praise God. Why don't you lift your hands to the Lord together right now. Why don't you ask God right now. Amen. Let this sink into my heart right now. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Does everybody understand what context means now? You can't open the Bible and read a scripture and say, they're talking about me. If you don't know, they're talking about you. That's called gossip. <laughs> Two times in this Bible, Jesus said the words, Get thee behind me, Satan. One time he said it to Satan. But one time he said it to the one he'd given the keys to the kingdom to. Praise God. Did Jesus think Peter was Satan? No. He didn't think he was Satan. So when you read the context, why? But if you just open it up, read the scripture, get thee behind me, Satan. Oh, that's for me. I know the Lord works in mysterious ways. And I, I'd be rich if I had a nickel for every time somebody said, Man, I opened my Bible. My eyes just popped into the scripture. And the king was come from Damascus, and the king saw the altar, and the king approached the altar and offered their own. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. I'm just opening it up. I'd have to read the rest of the chapter to figure out what we're talking about. Amen. Let me teach you how to be a student of the Word of God. Read the whole Bible. Let me teach you how to really be a student of the Word. Let Scripture interpret Scripture. Which means Scripture is not your private interpretation, but that you would study until the Scripture tells you what the Scripture means. Well, hallelujah. Praise God. We're going to get there. Did you know if you just read long enough, you'll figure out what something else is talking about? Did you know a lot of the same stories are in all the Gospels? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Some of them have pieces missing. Some of them have pieces added. And when you read all of them, you get the full picture of what's going on. Well, hallelujah. Praise God. I, I got to preach. Everybody say the battle for the mind. Amen. I want you to know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you've got to have the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Okay. And so the Bible says to be carnally minded is, everybody say death. Carnally means you use your human nature. It means apart from divine influence. It means you're coming up with it all by yourself. So to be carnally minded is, everybody say death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Amen. Minded means a mindset or a thought process or an outlook. It's how you see things. Praise God. How do you see this beautiful China virus? You know how I see it? It's not a China virus. Because God don't allow things to touch the church unless he puts the hedge down first. Well, praise God. I'm just going to tell you, I'm serving a God that has been known to start plagues and end plagues. And if he wanted ended yesterday, it would have ended yesterday. And if today is still going, God's hand is upon it somehow. And all things work together for good 
to them that fear the Lord. I don't believe our government is in control of anything. I don't believe China is in control of anything. I don't believe Russia is in control of anything. But I believe the God of heaven orchestrates. I believe the king's heart is in his hand. And if you believe that, I said if you believe that, why would you be depressed about what God's doing? Well, boy, y'all, I didn't think anybody run the aisles. I don't care if somebody pushes the button. I don't care what happens. I'm going to serve God. If I go to Walmart, there ain't no milk. I believe there'll be a cow tied up to a tree in my yard when I get home. Just believe God knows where his people are. Elijah, I want you to go down there by the brook and you just hang out there till I tell you to leave and don't worry about it. I got all the ribeyes. The Bible said, take no thought about tomorrow. You know what that means? Don't worry about it. Well, what if we run out of bread? Well, what if we get raptured? What if money fails? What if God comes back? What if somebody pushes a nuclear button? What if the trumpet sounds? Hey... And I feel like preaching faith in 2022. I, I want to get closer to God than I've ever been. Uh, I want more faith than I've ever had. Uh, I want to preach it straighter than we've ever preached it. Uh, I want to teach more people. Come on, clap your hands for the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible says that You are not in the flesh, praise God, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwells in you. Praise God. Now, we we don't need to be talking to people out there about the weather or about goats or about vaccinations. You know what we need to be talking about? The Holy Ghost. Praise God. You know what we need to be saying? When Paul just bumped into some disciples of John, did he say, man, what would you think about that eclipse last night? What do you think about that snow? Boy, wasn't that pretty? It's pretty on true. You know what he said? Hey, I got a question. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? <laughs> you know what that means? You know what was on the tip of his tongue? I want to I teach somebody. Well, you know, we'll just keep them around the church for four or five years before we, you know, really tell them what we are. I'm going to tell you what I are. First time I see you. I ain't talking about you take this word and you beat somebody to death. You know what this word is? It's to show somebody a better way. Somebody was baptized in titles, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. This is what you do. I, I got one better than that for you. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Let me show you how Peter preached it. Let me show you how the first church did it. Let me tell you why it's important. Let me tell you why it's important. Because when you get baptized in Jesus' name, it's for the remission of your sins. Amen. I, I know you might have been taught this way, but you ought to try this. If I was you, I wouldn't. You know, did you know, did you know the tone of your voice can drive people away or pull people to you? Did you know a soft answer turneth away wrath? And somebody says, ah! and you said, I'm sorry about that. I didn't mean that. 
What's that going to do? It's going to diffuse. And if they said, ah, and you said, ah, yeah, then you're going to be the next number speed dial, 501-681-0027. Will you please help me? Somebody's trying to run me off the road. Right, because you brake checked them. I got to preach. I get so scattered sometimes. Praise God. Let me tell you about the Holy Ghost. It's the greatest thing that ever happened in your life. The greatest feeling in your life will be to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost changes your mind from a carnal mind or a carnal mindset or a carnal outlook to a spiritual mind. A spiritual outlook. I mean, you, you ought to look at life and say, God, what are you doing? Well, the devil must feel good today. He gets so much credit for so much stuff. If you knew that the only power that he has is the power that God gives him. The only authority he has is the authority God gives him. He would be where he belongs. But you ought to look at things and look at situations. And I've had people say stuff about me and, you know, kind of mean stuff. And, uh, but you know what? I, I would go to the church and I would pray. I, I'd say, God, is, is any of that true? Is there any of that in me? If there is, you need to take it out. We need to. Praise God. I mean, this is how people end up divorced is when one missile launches. The other one launches. But if one of them said, I, you, you're, you're always coming home late. You know what y'all do? You, you ought to pray, God. Am I really coming home late? Praise God. God, is there anything I could do to make this better? <laughs> you can be seated. Praise God. Lord, help me. Oh, I wish I could just preach today. Praise God. Man. And just think about somebody walking through your house and just kicking stuff. You know, that would make you just go. Praise God. Praise God. What if you just got to thinking? I wonder if there is stuff in the way. Well, praise God. Well, this thing, I'm, did we t I'm glad we take up offering first. Praise God. Let me tell you, a lot of things that people get against people, even lies, have like an element of truth in them. Well, praise God. I mean, that's what makes a good lie anyway. It's got to have a little bit of truth in it. If somebody tells a lie about you that you're a gossiper, you ought to say, well, praise God. Let me think. Praise God. Let me take that away from them. If there's something in me that could change... Where they couldn't say that. Well, praise God. Let me preach about the Holy Ghost. That's a lot better subject. Amen. The flesh is a terrible subject. It gets people get real quiet. Amen. The Holy Ghost is a wonderful experience. Amen. Praise God. Everybody say it changes you. Amen. Well, how you like this? It makes you love the unlovable people. It makes you forgive the unforgivable people. The Holy Ghost will change you. If your name is Mary and you had a boy named Jesus, 
It'll make you go to church in Jerusalem with people that murdered your own son. How do you go to church with people that killed your boy? You get the Holy Ghost. When you got the Holy Ghost uh, and your name is Stephen, uh, when they're throwing rocks at you. You say, Father, don't lay this at their charge. Well, hallelujah. It'll change your mindset. Amen. Amen. If you got the Holy Ghost, why don't you raise your hand right now? If you've ever spoken tongues at the altar, raise your hand right now. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. How powerful. Now, you had your hand raised. I want you to remember how you felt the moment you got it. Do you remember how it felt when you were just standing there praying or crying, whatever, and all of a sudden you were unaware of where you were, basically, and you couldn't talk in English or Spanish or whatever, and you began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance, and you felt the power you had never felt before. And it's like it erased a bunch of garbage out of your mind like immediately. You might have walked in full of hatred, but all of a sudden you were just, the state and condition you were in was life and peace. Wouldn't it be amazing if that was a permanent condition? It can be. Praise God. I said it can be. Hallelujah. Praise God. The moment you got the Holy Ghost, you went from being carnally minded to spiritually minded. Immediately. But how often do people slip back from being spiritually minded to carnally minded? Do you think the enemy of your soul will give up wanting your mind just because you were speaking in tongues on a Sunday morning? Do you think he says, man, I lost all that. No, he says, wait till tomorrow. I'm going to do my best to get him from thinking spiritually to thinking carnally. Well, hallelujah. I, I told somebody the other day, the devil will never give up. So if he ain't going to give up, I said, if the devil ain't going to give up, I'm not going to give up. If he keeps preaching in your ear, you're going under I'm going to keep preaching in your ear. You're going over. If he keeps whispering, God don't want you, I'm going to keep hollering, God does want you. Because to be carnally minded is death. Why, why would the battle of the mind be on like it is? This, this, is, this is scary business right here. To be carnally minded is death. This ain't talking about some spiritual death. This is talking about the separation of the soul and the body. The carnal mind is enmity. The carnal mind is hostility toward God. L listen to me. When thoughts begin to go through your mind that are hostile toward the people of God, toward the teachings of God, to the pastor God put in your life, 
red flag. I'm not spiritually minded right now. I'm being carnally minded. When you get, I'm just going to preach the word. When you start noticing hostilities toward people, you get aggravated over something the church does. Praise God. Red flag. I'm not spiritually minded. Here's the scary part. To be carnally minded is death. You can get so carnally minded if you don't reel it in. You, thoughts will go through your mind of even taking your own life. Red flag. Hey, you, you don't have to clap because I'm just telling you the burden on my heart right now. You can't be carnally minded forever and something bad not happen. I rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus. And the enemy will make you think because you have slipped, you're doomed. Let me remind you, the moment before you got the Holy Ghost, you were carnally minded. The moment before the Spirit of God came upon you, you were carnally minded. But there was a transformation that happened. The Holy Ghost, the regeneration, the washing. Praise God. I feel the fear of God in this place right now. I come against every lie of the devil. I'm telling you, if, you're, if in your mind uh, you are feeling frustrations about God, uh, about the church, about your walk with God, uh, I'm telling you, you have slipped into a dangerous place. Uh, Amen. But thank God there is an altar in this church right now. Amen. Just like the first time you walked in. Amen. And God broke that spirit. God can break that spirit again in this place. Amen. I rebuke every rebellion. I rebuke every demon of hell that tries to latch on to people and latch on to their mind and try to tell them they're lost. I stand here in the fear of God and tell you the Lord's coming back. It's time to get right. Why does it matter if I'm carnally minded or spiritually minded? This is why. Because you cannot please God. You cannot be acceptable in the eyes of God in the flesh. Lift your hands to the Lord right now. Come on, help me pray right now, church. There is a battle for the mind of people going on right now. Come on, church. Somebody plead the blood of Calvary right now. Come on, there is a war that is raging. Come on, help me, church. Come on, God has got to touch people. God has got to get a hold of people. Come on, that same God of mercy. Hallelujah, hallelujah is in this house today. Come on, stand together. Let's turn this into a room of prayer right now. A prayer of prayer of prayer. Hasana, hasana.
It's not over. It's not over, saith the Lord. You're not finished. Yeah, yeah.